You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. Well then, boys and girls, we have reached a milestone, 50 episodes of No Nonsense Sales. Wowza, doesn't that time fly when you're having fun? Hey, not only that, this is the season finale. We're about to wrap, that's what they say, don't they? Wrap on season two. And this season, we've been looking at sales facts and sales fictions, trying to separate the good advice from the terrible advice. And you've been a big part of that journey every step of the way on LinkedIn. Give me your thoughts. Thank you so much for all your comments. If you're not following the show, do it right now. Search No Nonsense Sales because we want to hear from you. So let's look at this week's topic for the last time this season. Could be the last time ever if I don't get a third season. This week's myth is the only constant is change. I think this is pretty relevant in sales, right? You might have heard this one a few times, especially in B2B, especially a startup. We're very fluid here. Yeah, everything moves and flows and we're, we keep it very loose. We never stop moving. I hope you don't get motion sickness. Can I take a break? I don't feel great. No, come on. Let's keep it moving. Let's uh, Let's keep fluid. Let's see what you had for me on LinkedIn this week about this phrase, the only constant in sales is change. I asked you to rewrite it. This is what you came up with. Matt Van Cleek says the only constant in sales is cold calling is dead. Very good. Gareth Ashworth, the only constant in sales is, well, if it's not in the CRM, yeah, definitely like that one a lot. Uh, your own effort and consistency, says Guy Archibald. Brittany Casey says caffeine. <laughs> I hear that. Uh, Julie Fossilier says chaos. The only constant in sales is chaos. And Claudia Thompson circling back in the new year. Yep, certainly feeling that one at the moment. But my favourite one from Sahar Keithling, the only constant in sales is PTSD. <laughs> That's great. So let's get my season finale guest on the show. He's a fellow sales lofter, or lofter, as we like to say here. He's the perfect guest to discuss some of the changes we've seen recently in sales because he just so happens to be the CRO of the company. Really excited to have Steve Goldberg on the show. He inspires me all the time, works so closely with our revenue team, and I Got to ask him some really great questions on the show, kicking off with, what changes have you seen revenue teams make this year because of challenges that they've faced? Yeah, so, and I've said this before, it's like you ever, you know when you're sitting on the beach and you look out and it looks beautiful, like the sun's setting, you know, high tide's in and it looks like everything looks great. And that was kind of 2021, 2022. Um, But then the tide goes out. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, there's a shipwreck over there. And wow, there's a big reef over there. And there's a big rock here. And I think that's been 2023 where you, you see that there's challenges because the world has changed. The way customers buy have changed. The, what customers are going through has changed. So it forces everybody to change their processes. And, you know, it also got to, you, you look at people and process and then technology. And so, um, what's happened in the past, like the processes that you've had in the past, 
don't necessarily work to the process you need in a world like today. And so some of the changes that we've made is that, um, you know, we used to have a more of a hunter farmer model where seller would, you know, create, find a new logo, they'd close a new logo and they'd pass it over to an account manager. And the account manager was responsible for just managing the relationship and managing upsells, but they also managed the renewal and they also managed a lot of the billing challenges and, you know, work through all that. But we, what we realized was that company's renewal time, they were still working with the people that they originally sold the business to. And when renewal time came and they might've had 200 licenses, now they have 40 salespeople or 40 SDRs. So we changed that model. And what we did was we took the renewal away and put the renewal somewhere else. And we moved to a more of a hunter hunter model because we're a company that's shifting from selling a product to one use case, to a platform, to multiple use cases, to multiple buyers. And so now what we do with the hunter hunter model is the client account executives responsible for building relationships across the organization to you know sell our platform across the organization versus just, you know, staying with the people that we originally sold to. And so, but we do have a, a model in place that's going to make the customers, you know, get to help get to the outcomes, but we had to get really tight on who's responsible for what and implement a whole new racy model because the world's changed and the process you had a couple of years ago are very different. And so if you don't change, you're not going to get any, any, the results are going to be the same. And we're actually also starting to see some pretty positive impact to do that. So it really forces you to change. And the hardest part of change is the people part of change. It's helping the people. There's the, the pre-change, the, which is the planning of change. There's the actual change itself. And a lot of people put a lot of effort just in the change itself. But where the biggest part of the effort goes is in the post-change. And making sure you really land the plane on the post-change. And making sure everybody understands the why of these changes. And that's extremely important. A lot of people don't put enough effort on the post. And the post change never ends, by the way. (laughs) That's quite a depressing uh, thought, isn't it? That you constantly have to um, think about that that post change. But if you drop the ball, like you just said, that's when you start to be affected. Now, one thing I want to pick up on there, you talked about relationships. And I think for our listeners who are listening, going, look, we want to build relationships with our clients and we want to have better relationships across the organization. What are, what are some of the ways that sales teams can can do that to, to have much stronger connections with their clients? Well, one is you have to do the research and you have to understand like the history of the people you're selling to, because you know everybody needs, you know, personal win. And there's a personal win and there's the professional win. And I, I was a psychology major going up through college and I never really understood why until I got into sales. And I think sales is a lot about psychology. Mm. And it's a lot around, you know, you gotta motivate yourself, you gotta motivate other people, you gotta be able to read people, you gotta be able to empathize. Um, You've got to you know, be able to pick yourself up and the, and the customer up. And, and so one is like, like look for areas of, of one of, that you can relate to that the customer is going through, the individual person. And then try to truly understand what the personal win is for the customer, the individuals, not just one person, but the individuals. And then help them get that personal win. Help them get that professional win. 
and understand like what's in it for the customer and the person themselves. And some of my best relationships I have to this date are because of the relationships that I've built with my customers. And it's not around the good times because it's around when the customer becomes a customer and how you're helping them to navigate through themselves and navigate through us. And, and salespeople need to be problem solvers. And when you build the best relationships are in the toughest times that you work together with the customer to get to that outcome. This is not a world that you can drive by 65 miles per hour and go throw a bunch of software out there and say, hey, here you go, go, go have fun, go figure it out. Like you as a seller needs to be in it with the customer in the trenches, helping them be successful, helping them get to the outcomes and helping them get to all the things that you promised them. Like you've got to be in it with a customer and that's how relationships are built. And that's how in two years from now, after you've sold that customer X, Y, and Z, when you call them again, they're going to pick up the phone because they trust you because you followed through on your promises. And that is the most important things. A lot of people, what I'm seeing is a lot of sellers, they forget about that. They're so focused on the initial sale that they're not there to help them navigate through themselves, navigate through their company so they can get what, you know, their personal and professional win. I think that's extremely important. Yeah, I do love that analogy of being in the trenches with with customers, right? Um, I I think that's I think that's great. Um, now we're coming towards the end of the the year, and one of the biggest themes of the year has been AI. Uh, feels unavoidable, something that we're really passionate about here, of course, at, at Salesloft. But what's been the impact of AI in sales? Would you say this year? You know, there's this concept called. Um, you know, are you Iron Man or are you the Terminator? And, you know, our view is that a lot of people think it's going to be like the Terminator where it's going to take over everything and it's going to do everything for you and it's going to, you know, do your job for you and it's going to take away a thousand jobs. And, you know, our view is that it's more like Iron Man where it's going to give you insights so you can be smarter. And, And I think we're at such the beginning part of it, but everybody's actually talking about it. And, because everybody talks about it, it's, it's, it's creating a lot of confusion out there. And, you know, at the end of the day, you've, you've got to be able to help. Our, our, my view is you got to be able to help people get smarter about the decisions that they need to make every single day, every second of the day. And there's so much data out there that how do you, you know, get the data to work for you to be more intelligent and more and smarter. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. Um, you know, does this just continue continue to be a buzzword? I think the biggest challenge people are having is putting AI into action so it creates an outcome. And it'll be interesting to watch as we go into next year, you know, what those outcomes actually are. Um, and is it really truly, like at the end of next year, we're sitting here having the same conversation this time next year, and you ask me what outcomes has AI created for your business or for your customer's business? I think that's a question that we need to be able to answer. Totally agree. Yeah. And I, uh, I hope that, that we can and that our customers can as well. Um, I want to ask you this question, Steve, because I always ask any, um, any CRO that I get onto the show. I want to know about the kind of messages that you respond to. Right. So what, what kind of sales messages get your attention? What kind of emails do you reply to? I think our listeners will be interested in that. Yeah. So, 
you know what I, I always do this with some with some of our SDRs and our, our salespeople. I just show them my inbox and show them like my voicemails and my LinkedIn messages and and it's not like a message that actually gets to me. It's the process. It's the way. It's the follow up. It's the um, you, know, you might start off with a message, a voicemail, and then follow up with an email, and then I get I get a uh, something on LinkedIn, and then I get another email, but it's a process, but the process, it's the message changes and they're keeping me up to date on the content. I mean, like they do the research to understand maybe the things that they might listen to this podcast, or they might listen to another podcast or something that we said, or look at our market or might look at my background and say, I saw you went to, I saw you played baseball in college. I saw you went to Ithaca college. I saw you grew up here, you know, and they get real, but, but it's a process they get through. And it's not always about selling me something like a lot of, People think it's about like, I'm going to sell you on my product or my service when I'm reaching out to you all in one time. I mean, that's a mistake people make because everybody uses the same language. Everybody uses, but it's more of just staying in front of me with bits and bytes of information and then maybe connecting the dots with like people that we may have in common or relationships, et cetera. And at some point, just don't give up. Hmm. what I love is when I, I meet with people once they have a, I like their process and it's not just like one phone call that gets me or one email that gets me it's that they stay in front of me and I they catch my attention and I I like just intent I like people's approach and I'll take calls because of people's approach and then I'll give them then they got the opportunity though when they do get that one phone call or they do get that time because what typically will happen is I'm like yep I'll, I'll take a meeting let's let's talk and then you know, we'll work to find something on the schedule. And sometimes I'll keep pushing it back because you get priorities that come in. But the process, just keep the process going. And also the follow-up after the meeting, but just make sure you get, even though you might get pushed off, but, but don't don't stop. Keep the process going, stay in front. And, and that, that, that's what I say is don't stop after two tries. Yeah, I love that. You want to stay in front. And then when you are in front and you do get that opportunity, you want to make sure that you're ready. And um, preparation has been a, a, a huge theme of the of this of this podcast. You know, so. Tom, I take one more thing. So we had a we had a CRO um, exec event in Austin last week, or it was a couple of weeks ago, and um, um, we had Forrester speaking, and we asked a question like, "What, what is the um, Seth Mars from Forrester?" And the question was asked, "So, what is the the seller of today versus seller of yesterday?" And how do you approach buyers today versus how you did yesterday? And what was interesting is the buyers are pretty educated. They're pretty educated on, on what, what you do. If they're looking at a space, looking at a market, they're pretty educated. So you got to be able to meet the buyers where they're at and you have to do the discovery to understand where they're at. So when you meet with that person, it's like the, the, the first call pitch of yesterday is put it out the window. Everybody focuses on the first call, but I'm going to present to you. I'm going to talk to you about everything we do, but you got to meet the buyer where they're at, talk to them about what they care about and just hit the three things that you know they care about and start the conversation there. And, but you got to do the research. You got to do, you got to know more about them and more about the market than the buyer knows about them. And you got to add value to the buyer. We do need to decide if it's a fact or a fiction though. If the only constant is change. What, what, what are your thoughts? (laughs) <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, I think it's a fact. 
I think it's a, you know, I think, I think it's definitely a fact. Um, and it's how you can cope with change. And I, I think, I strongly believe that, you know, you people have to go through change in their life to be under, to understand what it's like to go through change. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I went through a big change early in my life and I think it's prepared me for, for change in general. And you can't fight the change. Just, you got to have a growth mindset and you got to be able to go through the change. And you got to realize that just there's a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And you just got to realize that, you know, everybody goes through a change curve and where you are in this change curve and um, understand it's a process to go through change. Mm-hmm. You don't just go through change right away. You have to go through, remember I told you pre-change, change, post-change, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes I may be in the post-change, but Tom, I'm telling you about the change right now. And it's, you're going to have to go through that change. So my job is to take you through the change together. And, um, you know, so I think it's, I think it's a fact. Um, I think it's a mindset to get through the change too. And I think throughout people's lives, you're going to, you are going to constantly go through change and how you cope with it will, will make you a better person. Totally agree. I think that's a really nice way to end this podcast. So thanks for sharing. Uh, we're going to finalize the show with a song. You've you've brought in a fantastic song to, to end the series. Do you want to share the song that you've brought in and why you've chosen it? Yeah, so um, I, love, I love the movie The Greatest Showman. And there's a song in there. It's called A Million Dreams. And Pink is, Pink was the, the artist who sung the song, but it was saying through the characters in the song. And it talks about, um, you know, they, they created Barlam and Bailey Circus. And it talks about as a little kid, he had a dream and he wanted to do something really unique. And the song is just having a dream and having a path. And if you have a dream and you have a path, you have the mindset, you are going to get to your dreams. And I, I just love that song. I listen to that song a lot. Um, and I just, it just kind of, it always gets me in a good mood. It always gets me thinking and it always gets me in the right mindset. And I just, I love that song. I think as we go into FY24 mm-hmm. as, or FY25 in some cases, as we go into next year, like I think it's important for us to also realize that there's a lot of unknowns, right? And, but you got to have a dream for yourself. You got to have a path for yourself and you gotta, you gotta be motivated. And because there's so many unknowns, like have a growth mindset and do the work. Cause every night I lie in bed, the brightest colors fill my head. A million dreams are keeping me awake I think of what the world could be A vision of the one I see A million dreams is all it's gonna take
A million dreams on no-nonsense sales. I've not had the record contracts offer come through yet, but, you know, a million dreams. Keep dreaming, Tom. That's what, that's what they say. And we're ending this season, of course, with a song. Hey, why not? Let's have some fun. And we'll see you, hopefully, next year for even more no-nonsense sales. In the meantime, make sure you follow us on LinkedIn. That's where we live. Search no-nonsense sales, and I will see you 2024. Thank you so much for listening.